Hey, we're the team at Grizz Hacks, and I'm your host this week, Shreya Strelker. Every week, we'll be spending 20-something minutes with an alum, maker, engineer, or prominent individual in our community. They'll share their insights and advice from their career path in order to help you navigate your future. Follow us on social media at Grizz Tech Talks and subscribe to our podcast on your app of choice to stay up to date whenever we release a new episode. Today, we'll be speaking with Joe Carlson, a software engineer and developer advocate at MongoDB. Joe studied computer science in college and graduated in 2012. He worked in roles as a consultant, JavaScript instructor, and full-stack software engineer before becoming a technical lead at BestBuy.com, one of the top 10 e-commerce sites in North America. And for more than a year now, Joe has been working at MongoDB as a software engineer and developer advocate. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. And we're live. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Shrush. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is great. Absolutely. So, so just to give some context for, for those tuning in, I met Joe a little more than a year ago uh, when MongoDB sponsored one of our past Grizzhacks hackathons. Um, and so for the event in 2019, Joe flew out to Detroit in order to rep MongoDB at the event and, and help out attendees at the hackathon. So super, super thrilled to, to bring you on to the podcast today. Oh, I had so much fun last year. Um, that was the last hackathon I've actually been to, like, to help mentor. I, it's been, I miss them a lot. I miss them a lot. That's crazy. A lot's That's changed crazy. since the last time you and I chatted, but uh, <laughs> it was so much fun. That was so much fun going. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I remember everyone loved you as a mentor, too. Like, every hour of the day, everyone was like, I'm at, where's Joe? I have a question for Joe, so... I know. I wish there was like more of me to spit around. And there was amazing other mentors too. I was having just like a blast hanging out with everybody and the organizers. I, it was like one of the most well-run student hackathons I've ever seen. It was so fun. It's great. And it was my first time like in Detroit too, which was like a total blast. I loved it. That's that's amazing. And you're from Minneapolis, right? Yeah, I am. Right, Midwest Midwest neighbors, close by, close by. I feel like. Detroit, Minneapolis, like we're very slept on developer communities. You know what I mean? Like Austin and Denver and of course like Silicon Valley, New York, it's all like the hype, but there's a lot of great talent out here too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that completely. Um, so, so to start it off, I always love for the people um, I bring out to the podcast to sort of tell their own story. So, so for the listeners, who is Joe Carlson? Yeah, I'll give you a fast version. Um, so I started going to school in 2008. And if you're graduating right now, like I, I graduated into the last recession. You're in the new one. Cool. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually, I was like, doing art and sociology and art history. And then economy collapsed and I got terrified. So then I switched my major to computer science out of total fear of getting hired. Um, I actually hated programming and I sucked at it for forever. Um, I got a couple jobs when I graduated and I still hated it. I still sucked at it. I was um, a SharePoint developer during those Steve Ballmer years, which I like you guys probably like Microsoft is cool today, but like Steve Ballmer was like, it was not a cool Microsoft to work for. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then I got involved. I met some friends who like were doing like cool stuff with programming and like having fun with it. And I totally fell in love with it. I found out I was actually good at this thing. I just like had to find out that I, there were parts about it that I actually liked doing. Um, and uh, yeah, and then it just started, once I got good at programming, then it just like 
my career just like blew up, which has been great. So then I was doing technic, I was teaching and then I got, went to Best Buy and became the technical lead for that site. And then uh, now I work for MongoDB. It's been, it's been crazy. That's, that's so awesome to hear. Um, so, so you majored in computer science, right? You said you, you switched majors to that. Did. How did you first get interested in programming it? And like, what, what made you switch or, or yeah. what, what made you like develop the interest later on? I guess. If, if I don't even know. I mean, I don't know. 2008 what was like, <laughs> I switched probably like 2010 to computer science. Um, social network had come out, which is like so dumb. Like Mark, it's not like Mark Zuckerberg is not portrayed in a great light in that, but like it got me so hyped on programming. Um, I don't know. The, it was honestly dollar signs and fear. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was hard. Like even thinking myself like doing art, like with an art make history major, like my life would be possible probably, but it would suck. Um, yeah, and I, uh, if my computer science professors knew I was here talking to you and other computer science majors about school, they, they would flip. I was just a terrible student. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's like the least sexy story. <laughs> I feel like a lot of me has that. It's like, oh, I loved it. I was programming since I was three years old, and I was destined to do this. And I that was not that was not my story. That was not my story. Uh, no, no. Yeah, and it's actually kind of refreshing to hear stories like that because not everyone gets into the the technology industry in the same way. You know, we all have our different paths to get into the tech industry, which is which is really cool to see, actually. Totally. And it's changing. Like probably a lot of students listening to this are going to be like college graduates, but there's a lot of self-taught. There's a lot of dev bootcamp students graduating. Like, um, and I feel like there's this myth too, that like in order to succeed in tech, you have to like live, breathe, die code all the time. And if you don't have a passion for it, you're not, you can't succeed. And I think that's bullshit. I think you can be successful and not have it consume your life or like be your, and that's cool if you do, but that's not the only way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, was was just about to get into that. So, you know, getting into the tech industry is is kind of competitive right now. Um, mm. Do you have any tips for for like standing out as a student, or you know, if you're you're a student or a recent grad and you want to yeah. you know ex move forward with the, your career in technology? Um, yep. Do you have any tips to you know get better or get noticed? Oh, totally. Yeah. Here's the thing: I'm always conflicted on because like. Okay, so you don't have to be like crazy code all the time to succeed in this field. Um, but it's the only way I do know how to get ahead. Um, I've been like working to just like get up, like do bigger and bigger, bigger projects in my career. And it, it's just been a, a lot of work. Um, and especially if you're graduating, let's say this spring you're graduating. Like dev jobs are out there, but it's a little slower than it was pre-COVID. Uh, but they're still hiring a ton of engineers right now. But if you want to get noticed or like get ahead, you really st you know, like you really need to like beef up your like portfolio. Um, and networking is also huge, which is also I feel like oh, I'm so sorry. Like everyone's gonna be so crippled for networking <laughs> this spring. I don't know. Like I know like Grizz hacks are doing like the hackathon's still on. It's virtual, and that's a great way to like interact with people. It's not gonna be the same as it was last year when you're just kind of like bumping elbows with everyone and kind of meeting people and mentors or whatever. But um, so I'd say keep networking if possible. And that may just be like getting involved online or Twitter or GitHub and then like keep working on projects. That, that's, that's great advice. Um, so let's say, you know, you're a student or recent grad and, and you want to, you want to get started and build a project for your portfolio, but you don't know where to start exactly. And, mm -hmm. you know, 
a lot of times it's intimidating or um, yeah. looks pretty complex. Where do you start? Yeah, I, uh, it depends. So let's go to the first part I think of is like, if you want, let's say I'm totally don't know what to do. I don't even know what tech to start. Like maybe I want to learn a program programming language or framework or library or like machine learning or something. Um, you have to like pick what you want to learn okay. and that can be hard. And like, there's a lot of reasons to do it. Um, one might be like, Hey, this company that I really, really want to work for uses the tech stack. Okay. So let's go figure out what they're using and try to figure out like, if you want to build something using their tech stack, that would make you look very attractive to their hiring managers. That may be a good reason. Or like I want to get into this field and not currently in it. Um, like data science, maybe you want to learn Python or R or some machine learning to like libraries or tools or web development, right? Like I think it requires some reflection about where you want to go and what you want to do with it. Like, um, for example, I don't have a whole lot of interest in DevOps. So I, I really don't know a lot about Docker or Kubernetes. My career has been fine. If I did want to go into DevOps, I would have to start learning that stuff. Um, but my niche is like full stack JavaScript development, Node and NoSQL, um, particularly MongoDB because I work there. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I guess reflection is like which the first thing you do. So, so kind of figure out um, figure out where you want to be, like what the goal is, and then work backwards from there instead of um, you know starting with you know let's use Python or, or JavaScript or, or you know the, the hottest new trend that that's going around. Totally. And I want, there's another part too. So let's say like, if you pick what you do want to do, like I want to learn Python. Cool. Awesome. Or a library like a, a Flask for the, the Python HTTP library. Um, every, I feel like every tool in language and library has a getting started page. Um, and everyone learns differently. But for me to learn something, I need to actually make the thing. Like I need to go and program and get something working. Um, typically what I'll do is I'll pick a project. I want to like, like an end goal and I start with their getting started page and I just get like a thing working. I get their hello world app working and I start changing that hello world app based on the requirements of whatever thing I want to build. Um, I find I get more motivated if I have like an interesting project to work on, uh, and I can like get it iterating on it quickly and getting it, getting started. Going. Yeah. Are there any projects that you've worked on recently or, or any of your favorite projects? Out of um, let's see here. Past couple months. Uh, right now I'm working on a data lake project, which to be honest is not very sexy. It's just like archiving stuff on an S3 AWS cluster, which is not sexy. I'm doing it for work. Um, but recently I built like an IoT kitty litter box, um, which was really, really fun. I really like like making art projects um, and particularly like stupid ones is like where my niche is. Um, and I love that. It was like, it measures my cat's weight over time and like how many times he goes to the bathroom and I have a dashboard that like shows his bathroom habits. That is so time. cool. Did you use MongoDB? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it does. That's why I got paid to do it, which is really <laughs> That's lucky. So cool. That's yeah, it's like a developer advocate. I basically get, if I just get to like cool projects that are like interesting and people like get people's attention, but as long as it uses a database and particularly MongoDB, I'm pretty much good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So actually perfect segue. Um, yeah. I know, it, it's it's very popular or like a lot of people may have heard about it, but people mm. might not have be. Oh yeah. 
familiar with the specifics of it. So yeah. what is what is MongoDB? How would you describe MongoDB? Yeah. No, absolutely. We're a NoSQL database, and particularly we're a document-based NoSQL database. So, a, and a document is basically like a JSON-like thing, or like an object, or a dictionary in Python, or you know, like anything with a key value pair. So you're, you're okay. saving the data the way that you are using it as a programmer. And like, if you know anything about SQL, you probably know that you're saving things as like rows and columns and tables, and like you have to split it up. And there's this thing called object impedance mismatch. So there's no such thing as a row and column data structure in any programming language. So you have to do these weird conversions. With MongoDB, you just save the data the way that you think about it and use it. There's a bunch of other benefits too, but we're a good general purpose database saving data in more interesting ways. And um, you work as a developer advocate too, which mm -hmm. is, I feel like, kind of a, a relatively new term yes. um, or, or job title. So yep. what is a developer advocate and, and what's your day-to-day what's your -day like? Yeah, absolutely. It's weird. I know I have a hard time describing it to pretty much anyone. Um, what do I tell people? I basically, my job is just to hang out and make things for developers to make their lives easier. Um, so I'll do basically anything the developer community needs. So for example, I write documentation or blog posts explaining how to use things or I make starter apps, or I go to conferences and speak about things, or I'll make YouTube videos, or go on podcasts like yours. Um, it's, I basically get to this, or answer questions on Stack Overflow. I, like, you know what I mean? Like, my job is to meet the developer community where they're at, and like, create things that help them, and ultimately, I mean, the goal then is obviously to make our tools easy as possible. Um, but I'm like, it's like a, I don't know. I, how did you, how did you get into your role? Cause I feel like that, yeah. that sounds like a very, very cool job title to have. And I know you started out, you know, you majored in computer science, you worked as a software engineer or yep. a technical lead at Best Buy too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what types of, if someone wants to be a developer advocate, what types, what, what would you tell them? Yeah. Um, Let me go through the journey real fast. of so just like how I got here. Sure. So uh, I talked about, I worked as a, a developer during the Balmer years doing boring Microsoft development. Yeah. But after that, I got a job to, uh, teaching at a developer boot camp. Um, and that's where I got this, like, I got really good at just like explaining concepts to my, my students and kind of, you know, figuring that out, which was great. But then um, I did that for a couple of years, loved it. I got a job at Best Buy and I started doing teaching like internally, but it wasn't enough for me. I just feel like I have this like fire in my gut that I like really needed to keep, I don't know, talking, engaging, and like hanging out with people. Um, and so then I started Twitch streaming it and writing blog posts. And then I started speaking at conferences. Okay. Um, and that's really like, if you want to get into it, I'd recommend starting to make a name and starting to develop a community around you. So like, writing blog posts, technical blog posts, and getting conferences, and speaking at larger conferences, and starting to make a name for yourself. How um, do you decide what to speak on? Um, yeah. or, or like what to write about, since actually that this applies directly to me, since I'm trying to um, you know, start writing about technical subjects, and, and you know, um, I want to give yeah. talks and stuff like that. What, what, how do you decide what to, what to write about and what to you know, talk about? Yeah. Let's talk about both of them because they're a little bit different, I feel like. So, because writing, you can write about whatever you want. Okay. Um, and, like, 
I'll do things like I'll ask my Twitter followers, like, hey, what do you guys want to see me write about? I'll make a Twitter poll and have some ideas out there. Um, I'm always trying to write a hit that's going to, like, maybe pop up on Hacker News or Reddit or start getting into some newsletters or something. But mm-hmm. um, I with writing, I feel like the most important thing is just, like, just to write. You never know what's going to be a hit. You never really know what's going to be useful. I typically write about things that I have I struggle with. Like I'm trying to explain things in a way that I wish I had learned it when I'm learning this new tool. So for example, I'm, I'm making a data lake demo right now and I'm uh-huh. doing that to teach myself it. And I'm going to write a blog post about the demo and like talking about how someone could do some things with this product. Um, so I would just write for writing. I recommend just writing as often as you can. It doesn't have to be big. It can be a couple hundred words just explaining it in a way that you like want it to be explained to. Um, talks are a little bit different. So with talks, you have to do something called, um, every conference has a CFP, they're called call for, um, call for papers. Uh, and it's not a paper, it's a talk, but mm-hmm. with earned talks, I never really know what programming committees are gonna be interested in. And typically I'll make a bunch, I probably have like 10 conference talks that I might ship out and kind of based on the conference, I'll submit a couple to each one. Um, but I just kind of throw stuff at the wall and see what works. Um, I find that conference talks tend to cater to one of two different audiences. Um, the first audience is people going to conferences to learn about new tech and trying to see if it's worth their time to learn it. So they're just like total noobs. They don't know anything about it. They're going to go to it and just figure it out. The other audience for talk is people are total experts on it and they want to like reinforce or make sure they actually know everything about that thing. So it's either like very niche or like very general 101 type stuff. I focus on just 101, level 101 stuff, like people have never used it before, trying to convince them that's useful um, or not useful. Um, but uh, yeah, you never know. It's just like earn talks. You have to like, this programming committee may do it. You typically want something sexy. I try to see what's like trending or cool or new. Like yeah. Dino came out this year. Dino, I don't think Dino's gonna really blow up, but it like, you're looking for like hot subjects that are sexy that might get some attention at a conference. Got it. Got it. That that's very useful advice. Um, yeah, it's a uh, just like try a bunch and see what happens. I don't know. Oh, the other thing I'd recommend too, if you're brand new to speaking, yeah, um, start small. Like there's local meetup groups, um, podcast, like just small little like tons of local meetups are looking for st- like stuff right now. In virtual conferences, you can do meetups pretty much anywhere these days. Um, so if you're based in Detroit or whatever, you could apply for one in. Raleigh, North Carolina, or whatever. Um, but uh, start small. And I, I was shocked at how fast I kept applying to bigger and bigger conferences, and it like just ballooned super fast, which was like it was wild. Interesting. Start small. Okay. Yeah. yeah awesome. Um, so you spent nearly a decade in technology now. Um, yeah. What's a common misconception people have about working in, working in tech? First one that comes to my mind is uh, that people think that they're going to be coding all day long. Um, in my June, like, even when I was like, like my job as a coder all the time, I, you're probably going to be coding 30 to 50% of the time in a normal job. Um, even if that's like your only job, you're not even leadership. Um, but yeah, it most of the job has to do with communication and people skills. You're trying to gather the requirements to actually code the thing that someone's asking you to code. Um, 
delivering it, setting expectations, uh, timelines, estimates, uh, requirements, working with them if you don't think something is possible. You're probably going to be on a team of people making sure communicating like when you're stuck or break something or whatever. Um, and I find too that the more senior I get, the more time I spend in meetings, like just communicating requirements to a large team of people or kind of figuring them out or something. So TLDR communication. Yeah, that, that's very interesting, especially especially hearing that you say it's like 30 to 50%. Because um, in, in school, typically, we don't really focus on on you know that that soft scale part of it and oh, yeah. planning estimation that part of it we, we sort of just go into the tech technical aspects so oh, um, totally really, really yeah absolutely you're probably in the mathy parts <laughs> no it's yeah. weird I, I still consider myself a self-taught engineer even though i got a computer science degree because i don't use anything i learned in my program yeah for <laughs> my job and you're right, you're just like doing proofs and modeling and graph theory and algorithms and data structures and uh, there's a little bit of coding. I don't know. So unfortunately, we're coming towards the end of our time here. Um, so on a closing note, if people you know, want to reach out to you, connect with you or MongoDB, um, yeah. how, how, how would they do that? And feel free to plug anything. Yeah, feel free to plug anything else too that um, and we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, um, I'll talk about MongoDB first. Um, if you want, we're always hiring. I think we're hiring our intern class. Maybe we just announced it. I can't remember. Anyway, if you're interested in working for MongoDB, we're always hiring. Check out careers.mongodb.com. Uh, all of our job postings are there all the time. Um, we just launched our new dev portal for MongoDB. It's developer.mongodb.com. Um, we have a bunch of like tutorials, videos, blog posts, whatever. I've written a bunch on there. It's super fun. Um, so if you're interested in learning that, that's a great place to go. Uh, and, uh, oh, and then I'll do me. Uh, so <laughs> if you loved hanging out with me today, awesome. You should follow me on Twitter. It's probably the best place to get a hold of me. Uh, it's at, at Joe Carlson one, J-O-E-K-A-R-S-S-O-N, the number one. Um, and if anyone listening here wants to connect with me on LinkedIn or whatever too, I'm on there. It's first and last name. And I also make really dumb TikTok videos about <laughs> programming. Um, if TikTok's not your thing, I post all those on Twitter too, but uh, I'd love to see you there. That's I think awesome. that's it. Yeah, I'll be sure to, to put all those links in the show notes as well. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joe. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This has been a, a blast. I feel totally honored to be here. This is amazing. I love <laughs> GridSacks. I love the community. For real, I'm, I'm totally honored. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Grizz Tech Talks. Huge thank you to Joe for coming on. I had such a great time talking with him, and I hope you enjoyed listening in. You can stay up to date with our podcast and recent Grizz Tech Talk news by visiting our social media pages and following us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay safe and stay curious.